today on CityCast Chicago. Despite a battle with COVID protocols and ongoing injuries, the Bulls are in the midst of a pretty exciting season. And one of the brightest spots has been DeMar DeRozan. Yes, he's been in the league for 13 years, but most people, including me, thought his all-star days were behind him. But DeRozan is saying, nah, I'm still here. I sit down with Bulls insider Casey Johnson to ask, how far can this star really take us? It's Wednesday, January 26th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. KC Johnson is a Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago and has been covering the team for over 30 years. In his own words, from Dynasty to Dalibor to Derek to DeMar. KC, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having me on, Jacoby. I appreciate it. DeRozan is by, let's say, professional standards, kind of an older player, right? He's 32. He's in his 13th season. But, but let's kind of go back. Can you tell me where did DeMar's NBA career start? Well, I mean, he was drafted, obviously, by the Toronto Raptors uh, at USC. Historically, that's been a franchise where, you know, some NBA players might have grumbled about being there or, you know, complained about the adjustment of living in a different country. And uh, But it just seemed like he really embraced not only being um, the face of that franchise, but you're really kind of the ostensibly the the face of uh, a country. Canadian basketball. uh, Yeah, (laughs) country's love for basketball. Uh, That just always stood out to me was um, his embracing of that and his his loyalty. When Toronto drafted him ninth overall back in 2009, what kind of player did they think they were getting coming out of USC? You know, they they saw a player, you know, with potential to become an explosive scorer. You know, if you look at his stats, I mean, he didn't really wow the NBA in, in his rookie year or his first, even his first couple of years. I mean, they've just progressively gotten better. And then obviously he became a four-time All-Star. By the time the second year rolled around, he had doubled his points per game average. He was starting to kind of step into a position as a, a somewhat leader for Toronto's team. Uh, what was his stint in Toronto like overall? He did everything but get past that. This uh, generation's uh, version of MJ. I mean, LeBron. LeBron always was in his wave. I mean, mm-hmm. the the Raptors had a lot of success in the regular season. Um, a number one seed. Yeah, they they made some deep playoff runs. They made it to a conference finals, but there was that LeBron guy always kind of <laughs> always kind of in his way. And you know, we we've talked to Demar a little bit about that this this season. I got the utmost respect for LeBron. You know. Um, Arguably, you could say I've I've competed against one of the all-time greatest players, you know, in, in my generation of basketball, and it's definitely a, a, a one of those situations that you know, when I'm older, I could I could say I played against that guy. So, you know, nothing but the utmost respect to LeBron. There's not much shame in that. I mean, this is I don't think you can come to any conclusion about his Toronto stint other than it was a massive success. But after that 2018 year where Toronto was a number one seed, they were expected to finally get over that hump uh, and they were unsuccessful. And during that offseason, DeMar was traded from the Raptors to the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, Casey, you know the story. The next year, the Raptors immediately win the NBA Finals. The Spurs miss the playoffs two of the three years DeMar is there. How do those two things kind of weigh on his reputation? Do you think it was fair in the ways a lot of people did was to blame DeMar for that, for holding Toronto back and now holding San Antonio back? 
yeah, you just watch that from afar and it certainly looks painful because of how much he invested in that Toronto franchise and how much he said he wanted to stay, stay his whole career there. And then boom, he, he sent out not on his own terms and boom, they win a championship. So I was very shocked when they chose to trade him. I, I, am, I knew that a shakeup was going to happen because, again, you just got swept. But the last person I thought who was going to have to bear the brunt of that failure was DeMar DeRozan. And, and then, you know, like you said, he goes out of San Antonio. And, and I think if you look, if you really get into his numbers, he played at an incredibly high level with the he Spurs. Grew as a fact, player. Exactly. I was about to say, he kind of transformed his game a little bit. It became a little less isolation heavy, a little less scoring, and more just kind of facilitating playmaking. The fact the Spurs were not in the playoffs, to me, was not his fault because he played at a very high level, but it just kind of ties into the storyline. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, all these experiences, to me, are kind of formative experiences that kind of lead him to where he is now. Coming into the off last year's offseason... Let's be real. DeMar wasn't a, a huge name that was being thrown around. But when when he got brought up in conversations, there's a lot of speculation that DeMar was going to head back to California to play for one of his hometown teams, L.A. Clippers or the L.A. Lakers. That obviously didn't happen. Why do you think DeMar ultimately chose to sign with the Bulls? It was pretty well documented throughout the league. I'm glad you brought up the Lakers that, that he was going home and and and. Um, Obviously, uh, the Lakers organization chose to make that pivot and pursue Russell Westbrook, and so the money dried up. You know, when that fell apart, it became a pretty clear path to this situation, and that's for multiple reasons. Uh, Let's start with Nikola Vucevic, who he played with at USC. You know, they would occasionally check in throughout their various NBA stops and say, hey, man, wouldn't it be kind of fun to play together at some point? I mean, that... It's, it's it's not a small portion of this. Nikola Vucevic is the Bulls' current center. We traded from him for him last season and got him from the Orlando Magic, where he was a multi-time All-Star, so another great player. Correct. And then another significant factor was his relationship, which was not strong on a personal level, but one of mutual respect with uh, Chicago Bulls All-Star guard Zach Levine. The way that they connected Jacoby is on a – kind of a chip on a shoulder level. I mean, Zach yeah, Levine yeah. has never been to the NBA playoffs despite achieving a lot of individual success and ha- possessing quite a bit of talent, individual talent. He had never even won three or four games in a row until he played for the Olympic team this past summer. <laughs> Crazy. So if you look at DeMar's history, you know, USC, kind of an underdog choice in college, uh, maybe over some bigger name schools. Uh, Toronto, overlooked franchise and embraces that he's always kind of had this underdog role and he's never broken through to the title. So then he kind of bonded with Zach Levine over that. When you get with a guy that's that, that want to win, that really wants to win and self selfless, um, everything else becomes easier. Uh, another crucial uh, element is the Chicago Bulls general manager is a guy by the name of Mark Eversley. And he used to work for the Toronto Raptors organization and He and DeMar had a very substantive, genuine relationship. The talent that's here, the the way they're building to be something, to be be something special, um, to win. You know, once I seen it all come together, it was something that made the most sense to me. And I would say that that's where I think that this management team deserves a lot of credit because this move was pretty widely criticized. Not, not, Not universally, but widely criticized because a lot of people did not view uh, DeMar DeRozan's game as a skill set fit alongside that of Zach Levine's. 
when the Bulls signed DeMar over the summer for three years, 82 million buckaroos, uh, a lot of analysts, even some fans were calling it the worst signing in free agency. At the time, Casey, keep it real with me. Where did you fall on that spectrum? I mean, I don't need to keep it real with you because I could, I could, uh, I could. He said, find "We got the, the receipts. I got the I articles." I could find the URL and send you, send you the article I wrote. I mean, I just, I, I, I was, I, I was all on board with the move. I thought it was a fantastic move. Yes, you paid a lot for the guy, and you sent out, you know, significant assets in the sign and trade to to acquire him. Um, but man, he's a good player, and I was all on board with it. Stick around, more Bulls next. One of the things as the offseason started to take shape that I really was loving as a fan is we put a lot of dogs on this team, a lot of hungry dudes who across their career, whether you're looking at center Vucevic or point guard Lonzo Ball or, or guard Alex Caruso or Lavina DeRozan, these are people who across their career at some point or another have been doubted, have been counted out, have been told, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have, have it like that. To me, that's a big reason why they've connected with the city and this fan base beyond the fact that this fan base has been so starved for good product they're all about the work and you know as you know chicago that that flies pretty pretty well here the bulls won all four of their preseason games and what i saw was a style of play that i knew was going to translate to the regular season i saw it so i'm by no stretch of the imagination did i have them as the number one seed in the east for a significant portion of january like they were they've now dropped to number three as as of this uh conversation but I did think that pretty early on I saw signs that this was going to work. Yeah. In this early season to this point, I've seen beautiful videos of DeMar and Lonzo Ball hugging. I've seen DeMar and Zach Levine talking their shit and laughing. I even saw DeMar attend Ayo Dusumu's jersey retirement at U of I. You know, what do all of these things say about DeMar as a leader for this team? He's, he's just a very substantive person. You can see it even in, like, the group media interviews that he does with us. He He's very thoughtful. He's got just a calmness about him that, to me, kind of permeates the franchise and serves as a leadership uh, point because he just has a presence about him that's like, "Hey, man, we got this," you know. Mm-hmm. And and whether it's win or lose, I mean, he he obviously celebrated these two ridiculous buzzer beaters he made on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But if you watch the game the other night where they lost to the Celtics, gets it back to DeRozan. He gets to Vucevic, open three, no. And Nikola Vucevic missed a very good look at a wide open three to win the game in the final seconds. Ball game over, Mike. Ball game over. Ball game over. Boston by two, 114-112. Wow. is the first one walking over to him and putting his armor on him and saying, and you can see him clapping in the video. I mean, he's like, we got this. I mean, you just, he, he's, he's experienced it all. He's been through a lot. He knows the rhythms of an NBA season. And that presence, it it translates to other players, young and old, throughout the franchise. So that would be a sign of leadership to me. Mm-hmm. Talking about celebrating those buzzer beaters, the ones to beat the Pacers and the Wizards to, to cap the year and to start the year. DeRozan to win it! Goal! DeMar DeRozan delivers! 
he had two of the most nonchalant Chicago reactions you could have. It was very D Rose, a la D Rose in the playoffs type vibe. Like he hit it and was just like, all right, it's good. Let's go home. We got a much needed stop. Kobe go for the ball. Uh, I just got the ball and just wanted to size it up. Either win or go home. One thing that has broken my heart is despite how well the Bulls play together, COVID and injury don't give a damn about any of that. Uh, and the Bulls are just battling to keep a healthy roster, which they haven't had for, for over a month. With, with DeMar in tow, how well can we do during this thing? Can we hang around that top three in the East? Yeah, uh, I think that might be hard. They got past the COVID outbreak, which was pretty intense and very widespread throughout December. And now they've just come upon some real injuries with Lonzo Ball needing a scope of his knee to repair a meniscus injury. And then Alex Caruso fracturing his wrist um, and needing surgery for that. Zach is back Wednesday at home against the Raptors. So that will obviously help. And they do have a little bit of a easier schedule. I mean, they are facing a bunch of teams that are not currently in the playoff picture. So they have an opportunity to be okay for a while. But I do think holding on to a top three spot is uh, probably a little ambitious from my seat. But I, I've been wrong many, many times before. <laughs> <laughs> um, DeMar DeRozan, as we said at the top, 32 years old. We signed him for three years. Is this something that the Bulls fans can can maybe hope, like look forward to over the next couple of seasons? Or do you feel like we're in a very much a win now situation or do everything you can now or or can we expect DeMar uh, to stick around and maybe play at this level for a couple more seasons again I'll preface this by saying I'm wrong very, very often I personally will be surprised if he can keep this level up for two more years and if he ever hears this he'll probably you know remind me when he does play at this level for two more years I mean look he's in the MVP conversation and I don't think anybody saw that one coming now that they are doing what they're doing this season, to me, it's like this is this is the foundation. And he doesn't need to play at this level the next couple of years for the Bulls to stay at the level that they are at because Zach can take on more. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are both here. This situation is going to become attractive enough around the league that other th- situations can develop, other opportunities can present themselves. So just getting him here this season and – raising the the um you know validity level of this franchise again throughout the league that's significant enough so i personally see this becoming um the start of a you know solid era of bulls basketball can it be a championship contending uh era like you know d rose opened back in 2010 we'll see um but uh you know it'll be certainly fun watching and seeing if they can get there Casey Johnson is the Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Thank you for making time for us here at CityCast. I had a blast. Thank you. The Bulls are home tonight against DeMar DeRozan's old team, the Toronto Raptors. Start time at 7 p.m. on NBC Sports Chicago. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago ranks fifth in air pollution near public schools in the country. And now a new map from UIC allows you to track exactly what is causing pollution in your community. Check the map in the show notes. The Mars Wrigley plant on the far west side will close, according to the company. It plans to wind down operations over the next two years, affecting about 300 jobs. In the city council today, the Little Village Arch is expected to be named a city landmark. And some good news to get you through. 
Chicago's 25th annual Filet of Solo Live Lit and Storytelling Festival is virtual again this year, meaning for the next two weeks, you can see about 40 performers via their online gallery and sign up for live Zoom workshops and panels. For more Chicago stories and events, make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. It's fire. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. He's always available. He's never turned down an interview request, which... Uh, Shit, I need to I need to talk to him then. If he ain't turning them down, well, I need to get his number. <laughs> <laughs>